Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you examine your childhood templates and how they manifest themselves in your core beliefs. I'll also be interviewing Julie Shibioni, who reviews her series, Iris and Lily. This series is about sisterhood. It's a story about the interpersonal relationships among women, sisters, daughters, mothers, those who model integrity, and those who abandon us to our own wits. It explores familial dynamics, favoritism, the spiritual path, and how our life experiences shape the way we see the world at large. For more information about this series, please visit irisandlilythenovel.com. You may also purchase the series on Amazon or in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Changing your childhood template. As children, we look at the world a certain way. Every situation we experience tells us our place in the world. If we are continually berated by our parents or we feel less than with our peer group. Unfortunately, those childhood templates create the foundation for who we are And as we grow up, we see the world through those childhood lenses. Many times we don't realize it. When you look at your life as a whole, what areas do you currently struggle in? Is it your relationships? Is it your finances? Is it at work? Is it with your friendships? If you find that you continually struggle in in a certain area, there may be one of those childhood templates that is causing you not to grow and develop the way you'd like to. In psychology, we have what's called a core belief. If you're struggling with something, or let's say you mess up with something, or you're embarrassed about something, what are your thoughts? Do you tell yourself you're stupid, or you're dumb, or you always do something like this? If you find that your thoughts continually tell you those things over and over again, 
Unfortunately, that's a core belief. When you can link together the event with your core belief, you'll figure out what happened as a child which causes you to use that childhood template. If you find that you're not successful in relationships, do you tell yourself that you're not worthy of love? Do you tell yourself that you don't have any value? Or even at work, if you're trying to advance in your career, but you keep getting passed up for promotion, what do you tell yourself? Do you encourage yourself or do you continually tell yourself that you knew you wouldn't get it, that you're always in last place or no one ever chooses you? Those core beliefs really influence how you view the world. Because of the situations you experienced as a child, it makes sense that as an adult, you would see the world this way. But the reality is that which worked as a child no longer works as an adult. That's why it's so important to guard your thoughts. When you're aware of what you're thinking, when you're struggling or when you're overwhelmed with something, that gives you a clue of what your core beliefs are. The way to overcome that is essentially speaking aloud. What I mean by that is this. Anytime you have a negative core belief or you think about something over and over again, you simply encourage yourself externally. The five senses that we have are used to determine proximity or danger. When you hear yourself speak aloud, it decreases the energy level, or in other words, the thoughts that go through your mind, because you have to listen to what you say. And as you continually speak aloud, it mutes those negative thoughts. The more often you say something over and over again, the more you believe it. Just like the core beliefs you have in your mind, you've said it so many times that you believe it. So when you speak it aloud, you start to believe it as well. If you struggle to come up with self-affirming thoughts, what would people who love you say? What encouragement would they give you? Use their words to help you through this time. You're going to hear a great interview with Julie Shibioni. She's going to talk about the series that she and her sister Angela wrote, which talks about the core beliefs that these two characters had and how it shaped their world. But I wanted you to be aware of your own core beliefs. When you go throughout your day, listen to what you tell yourself. You might be surprised that your core beliefs are not as healthy as you thought. So in order to change those is you literally have to speak aloud those positive affirmations. The more often you say it, the more you'll start to believe it. Change your childhood templates today. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Together with her sister Angela, Julie Shibioni is a co-author of the novel series for women, Iris and Lily. For Julie, Iris and Lily is more than a story. It's a call to adventure for readers, as well as a calling that Julie feels in her own life. Julie's desire is to encourage other women to get excited about their lives. It's never too late to get started or to start over again. Welcome to my show, Julie. Thank you very much for having me, James. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Your book, excuse me, your series, Iris and Lily, has received great acclaim. So I definitely can't wait to talk about this and we'll really look at the themes in which the series explores. Great. Now, you and your sister, you, um, you come from a very large family, 11 children. That's right. That's right. Six boys and five girls. Angel's number seven and I'm number eight. Were you ladies always close? 
Yes, you know, we were born just over a year apart. And so we shared clothes, we shared uh, a bedroom, sometimes we shared a bed. <laughs> um, and we, as we grew older, we shared money, we shared mm. our friends, you know, we kind yeah. of uh, tight quarters, you know, so we sure. were very close. Well, definitely in that large of a system is that you, you'll probably pair up. I'm assuming you would pair up with someone your age or someone with similar yeah. maybe and, age and you really have and, to. Yeah. You really have to because it's a, in some sense it's a matter of, of emotional survival, mm-hmm. you know, and in another sense it's just a matter of being able to engage whatever resources you have at your disposal. And if you can kind of be on a team, you can <laughs> have better, better luck with that. <laughs> That's really funny. It's very true. That's for sure. Now, yeah. as you both grew older, I know you're in New York and right. Angela is in Italy, correct? That's right. Wow. Now, how did you two decide to write this book? And we're definitely going to jump in the book in a second. But sure. I wanted to understand what was the reason or what happened for you both to say, you know, we have a story that we want the world to hear. Well, you know, we we grew up, my mother was super intelligent and even though she had 11 children, but <laughs> she, <laughs> That's funny. She, oh, she always nurtured in us a love for literature and art. And she would take us to the library at mm. least once a week and we could just pick out as many books as we wanted. And she would borrow artwork and she would put, you know, put sculptures on the television set or she would hang paintings on the wall. And she just always made sure that we would were exposed to literature. So we we grew up reading very early and we grew up reading a lot. Um, I had older brothers and sisters who were in high school and college and they would bring home Shakespeare or whatever and it would be in the bookcase and we would just pick it up and read it because there really, we didn't have much else to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there were no video games. There was no cable sure. television. <laughs> I you remember those days. Your own entertainment, you know. Yes. So we just really grew up with a love of language and a love of literature. And I always kept a journal from my earliest memories. And I guess when we got a little, when we got older and we, you know, we, Angela was living in Italy and I was living here, we tried to stay in touch as best we could. It got a lot easier after email and sure, Skype came sure, along, of course. but we would, uh, you know, often just kind of kick around the idea of how we both always wanted to write a novel one day. And um, I think it was Angela that said, you know, how about our story? How interesting mm. would that be to tell the story of two sisters who grew up as as we did or similar to as we did and um, talk about that, what that experience has sure. been like from two different perspectives. So that was born. Yeah, of course. Because it's so interesting because so many authors will write from what they know. And you can really tap into the emotionality. You can tap into all these different elements. And in some ways, and I'm not saying this is what you, you two did, but sometimes it can be very cathartic for the author as well because it can explore things that and, and create that barrier, that buffer to really talk about things that perhaps they couldn't talk about on their own. Absolutely. And, you know, it was the four years of the most intense therapy <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you can even imagine. You know? Sure it was. And, and, and which I think is part of what, is so intriguing for readers because imagine if you could listen in on somebody's sessions with their therapist, how mm-hmm. interesting that would be sure. the level of intimacy, the level of openness. And, and so we say that even though everything in the book, in the story isn't factual, it's all true Sure, because no, you true. do mm-hmm. have to write from what you know, because if you don't, the reader can sniff out a exactly. lie a million miles away and they won't have anything to do with you. There's no authenticity with it. That's right. For sure. Now, where'd you come up with the name Iris and Lily? Well, um, we had decided that uh, in the in the book that we wanted to kind of make a statement about the culture from which this family sp- had sprung, and mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, a 
the father in the family, Carlo Capitosti, is a is a traditional second generation Italian immigrant, and um, the mother is 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 Irish, um, you know, daughter of the American Revolution, mm-hmm. very quiet, and um, you know, she's. Uh, they have this very traditional kind of family going on where the boys are, you know, the strong, the bullies, the center of attention, mm-hmm. and the girls are, you know, kind of um, demure and second-class citizens of innocence. Sure. And so if you notice, all of the characters that are boys uh, in the story are named after kings. Oh, And all the girls are named after flowers. Oh, yeah. oh, that's very interesting. So it's almost like yes. an archaic, archetypal type of story right. where everyone plays their the roles as society says. Right. And, you know, our, and uh, the grandfather in the story, as well as our grandfather, when he came to America, the, the job that he had gotten was that of a gardener. Oh, oh, very interesting. Okay, yeah. that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you look at the whole theme of this book, what do you want the biggest t- takeaway for your readers to have? Well, there are so many of them, you know, but know, sure. from, my perspe- from my perspective now, I guess I, the biggest takeaway is don't be afraid to to think about where you came from. It's actually... Your life experience, if you look back at your childhood, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, book one spans maybe from the time that the girls are four or five until they reach uh, college level. So it's really your adolescence and your mm-hmm. young adulthood. Um, that's really where everything happens, you know, that, that kind of sets your course. And so we don't think about it too much. Or when we do, we think about it with this kind of regret or bitterness sure. or disappointment about how things unfolded. And so I think we just want to, we just want to get far away from that. We can't wait to move up and grow, you know, grow up and move away. Mm-hmm. But that's really, if you're interested in personal development, like if you're not sure you've got it together, you think maybe you're, you're getting in your own way or that you haven't really reached your potential as a person to go back to those years. And that those are a treasure trove they certainly are. of personal development tools. Because it's really how you look at the world around you. You know, as right. a child, we sometimes have so much naivete. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes we, that's removed from just based off certain situations. As an adult, we look at the world in such a huge way. But as a child, every little thing is magical. Everything is just so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that all those little moments really add up to who we are today. Absolutely. And, you know, so when I, when I, you know, when we talk about that, we say, well, the the views that you formed were the views of a child mm, the beliefs that sure. got ingrained into you were the were the beliefs of somebody who's small and powerless and then but we continue to carry those with us into yes. our adulthood and so and then then we it gets worse because then we make these we make these presuppositions about ourselves or about the world, and then we begin to make decisions based on mm-hmm. those. And then the outcome is usually pretty bad. Sure. And so then it becomes a reinforced belief, and we keep. Then we end up digging this rut for ourselves because we we it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. right? Lily always saw the world as a as a unkind. Um, mm. hot, impoverished place that didn't appreciate her and didn't love her and that where she could wasn't welcome. And so she acted on that. And the more she acted on it, the more true it became. Sure. And then you end up in a place, you know, uh, and you think there's no returning from that. But part of the, one of the big messages of uh, the Iris and Lily series is 
that there is coming back from that. Yes, if there is. you're willing to stop and say, look, I did, so far I've done the best I could with what I had and with what I knew. Let me see. Let me get curious about my life. Let me get curious about my past. Let me find somebody with whom I can be completely mm-hmm. honest and totally intimate and see what I can work out from this in order to make my life better in the future. You know, it's so interesting to hear you say that because, you know, many times people think, oh, it's just a, it's a fiction novel. It's this, it's that. But you've, you and, and your sister put so much thought into this of how you can use almost a form of narrative therapy. So my listeners, if you don't know what narrative therapy is, what we do in psychology is we will usually tell a story and then the, the client can really connect with it, but it creates that buffer for them to say, oh, I understood what this person did, or I can relate with this character. And then you, you have that character do something that's healthy, and then the, you know, the client is like, oh, wow, let me try that. And so it's, it's a really, we usually use it more towards children for teenagers, but it's really something that's very powerful because it allows for the client to learn a lesson without actually learning a lesson, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, and that's so interesting because that's exactly what we're finding <laughs> is amazing. happening. Yeah. You know, I, we weren't doing it intentionally. Sure. Like we didn't say, let's write a, let's write a, you know, a narrative for people to learn about themselves, you know, but we wanted to tell a story. Yeah. And um, very often when women read Iris and Lily, um, they identify with one of the two main characters mm. and they latch on. Ah. And they say, I don't want to see what happens here, you know, because they are see elements of themselves, sometimes predominantly in one character and sometimes predominantly in the other. But more, in most cases, they'll have some of one and some of the other. And so it becomes an opportunity for them to, like you said, stand back with a little bit of a distance. Mm-hmm. So there's some safety. Exactly. They don't have to spill their own guts, but they can watch somebody else <laughs> go it. through something. Yes. And say, well, okay, <laughs> right. maybe I don't want to do that. Or maybe I do want to do that. That looks really, right. you know, it looks like it's a really um, great lesson for me. Now this, mm-hmm. this series touches on many different elements from sexual abuse to favoritism, to spirituality, uh, from socioeconomic struggles to large family systems to traveling the world. I mean, there's so many elements to this book. Uh, And with that, I think so many people, regardless of how they were raised, like you said, can really latch onto one of these characters or latch onto one of those elements that are in this book. Yes, and that's why there's, you know, three of three books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we kept trying to stop (laughs) and we couldn't because the story wasn't done. You know, to, in a certain sense, when you're when you write fiction, mm-hmm. the, the the characters take on their own life, and they d- dictate to you what's to happen, and they dictate when they're ready to to leave stage. You know, mm-hmm. and these girls, boy, they would not let us go, and so we just kept saying, "Well, we're going to follow it to its logical conclusion." But you know, I mentioned before that the first book of Iris and Lilies basically covers, you know, the first maybe 18 to 20 years of their lives. And then the second book of Iris and Lily covers maybe 20 to 40 or something like that, oh, 20 wow. to 45. And then the last section of the book it would be considered for the character's current year. Because during in the story, the story begins with the two current day sisters writing letters back and forth to each other and they start to start to conjure up memories and you can Mm. start to see that that they remember things really differently and so they say well let's let's get into this you know let's let's talk about it so they go back into the past and they start telling the stories of their growing up to each other Mm. it's basically well this is how i saw well this is what happened with me and this is what and they go back and forth and you can see that they actually grew up very differently Wow. Even though they thought they grew up 
almost exactly sure. in the same way. They were in the same family system, so of course they would have thought they grew up the same. But that's that's so right. interesting because I'm sure my listeners right now are thinking, you know what, that would be so interesting if I talked to my sister or my brother to hear how they grew up because perhaps how I view the world is totally different than how they did. Right, and you know, our uh, our our experience is uniquely our own. <laughs> it because, really is. Because it's, it's a matter of, first of all, how you interpret things. Second of all, what happens to you. Third of all, your temperament. You know, and then there are all the things that you have, like, you know, no control over at all, your birth order and, um, you know, things that happen to you but that other people might do to you or do for you. And that you can't replicate that. That that can't. Everybody has their own very unique experience. Yes. And so and that's what you take with you when you when you go out into the world. Yes. And exactly. That's how you shape. That's that's how your world is shaped based off of your perception. Right. Let's talk about some of the reviews that your book has received, because I was reading through the Amazon uh, reviews and it seems like you've received quite a few positive, glowing reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, people tend to have one of two, one of two responses to it. They either absolutely love it. And that really has been overwhelmingly mm-hmm. our our experience that people have had positive response to it. But the women who don't like it really don't like it. Really? They're, That's they're, interesting. Yeah, they're very, and um, I think, you know, there is a level of intimacy there sure. that people could be very uncomfortable with. Um, it's also, uh, it's a saga. So, you know, you're, you're talking about following these two girls through their lives. And a lot of people don't like to read that kind of thing. They want a little escapism. They want sure. something fun and distracting. This isn't a book that you're going to really read to, you know, like while away the afternoon and, and thoughtlessly. This is going to tap on your heart and challenge you. And mm. some, you know, some people are, are willing to do that and some people aren't. I really like the how it's very black and white like that. Either they love it or they can't stand it because I think the people who don't, because I think if it was in the middle, that would be like, okay, you know, well, you know, we'll look at that as a whole. But if it's that divergent, then I really think that that shows the level of involvement or investment that the people who love it, you know, that they really find that they can really connect with it. And perhaps, you know, and of course I don't know these, the, the people who didn't necessarily like it, but perhaps like you said, it is too deep. It is too personal. It is perhaps reaches a level of their life that they're just not, maybe not even ready to look at themselves. Right. I, that's what I think it is because mm-hmm. I've talked to some of them, you know, and it just, um, you know, but, and there, as you mentioned before, uh, you know, what, that it can initiate a process in you. A lot of the women who read it, then they go get and their mothers and their sisters and they read it together. Oh, and we neat. Had book, we had book clubs formed around the Iris and Lily series where women get together. We had one, one little message on our Facebook page last week that said, we're reading this in my book club and we're getting together tomorrow night. We're cooking an Italian meal together and we're going to oh, sit. Oh, that's so <laughs> neat. How, yeah. how does that feel to know that you're inspiring a movement like that or a culture like that, that really enjoy your work? You know, I love it. I, you know, the thing about being an author is, is that you don't necessarily get to be there when people read and you don't get to talk to them about it very much. And so I'm here living my life, doing my day-to-day thing, you know, and every once in a while I'll stop and say, wow, you know, there are women out there that are reading this and that it's affecting their lives and it's healing their relationships with themselves and with their sisters and the other women in their life. And it's such a blessing to me. I really, I couldn't ask for a a better experience. And I know Angela feels the same way. Yes, of course. Yeah. And I wish she was here with us today, but I understand 
kid. Yeah. Too. I miss her. <laughs> but it's so neat, though. You know, when you look back and reflect on that, that you know, what started as a dream between two sisters, and now it's a reality, and now it's literally touching the world. And to know that you're a part of that healing for many women, to know that you're a part of perhaps reconciliation for many people, or a part mm-hmm. of just really solidifying their past and moving forward, and knowing that they can change it. It's never too late to start over again, like you like to say. So that's yeah, really neat that you guys are so changing the world like that. But so now, what's next for you and Angela? Well, um, we're still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, we both have our individual projects now. You know, Angela's uh, working on another project, and uh-huh. I've got some a few things I'm considering doing in the wings. But I you know a lot of women are like, oh, "Well, we," you know, saying, "Oh, when's the TV series coming out?" And I say, "Well, I'd like to know that too. You know, that'd be wonderful. I think it would make a great series." Yes, but, um, that's neat. They, people say, "You know, where's book four? And um, you know, we felt like book four is your book. Mm. You know, right now we don't have any sure. imminent plans for book four, but book three leaves off at a, sp- at a space that says, okay, here's the baton, take it and run. And yeah. that's what we'd like to see women do. We'd like to see them apply the truths that they that they absorb into their own lives. Exactly. The application, assimilation of the lessons yes. and change their own family system as, a, right. as with their, perhaps with their children or with their, just even their sisters and themselves. I mean, that's, that's a great, right. that's such a great um, takeaway for everybody. Mm-hmm, I agree. When you talked about the TV show, have you guys actually discussed that at all? I mean, is that something that's? I mean, I know it's if you if it is, I mean, you probably can't talk about it. But is yeah, that something- no. Well, we we're we're exploring it. Oh, um, cool. You know, we're we're independently published here in the United States. Mm-hmm. We were originally published in Italy in Italian. Oh wow! And so, but when we came to America, our Italian publisher didn't have the infrastructure to publish us here. So we mm. just said, well, we'll, we, you know, we've learned so much about how to become empowered and how to take charge of our own lives we're going to just do this ourselves so yeah, we formed our own company and we published it so we are looking for um opportunities along those lines right now that's great so if any of my listeners out there are uh, script writers or movie producers <laughs> definitely reach out to julie Absolutely. or to me yes. and i will get you in contact with them as well so julie Siboni, if my listeners like to find out more information about you and angela and this this amazing series iris and lily where would they find this information online so we have a website, irisandlilythenovel.com, and uh, it's available in print, uh, three-volume print. It's available as an ebook. If you buy the ebook, you get all three in one. It's also available as an audio book on Audible and Amazon and for Kobo and Nook. So there's all kinds of options. Oh, wow. But if you go to the irisandlilythenovel.com page, you'll see ordering there. And um, you can also find us at Amazon and uh, on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Iris and Lily, the novel. Excellent. So what I'm going to do as well is I'm going to put this series in my store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if my listeners aren't able to find it any of those other places or even on Amazon, simply go to my store once again at jamesmillerlifeology.com and you can find the series Iris and Lily there. It will link you directly to Amazon. So Julie, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it, James, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Take care. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.